Welcome to the Alliance Sacred Alchemy podcast. I'm Raspreet Sagu, and I teach you how to manifest in a way that actually works for you and leads you to your soul's path and purpose by creating your own customized manifesting framework without the believe it and achieve it or think positive and vibe high mindset stuff that doesn't really take into account your lived experiences. If you're a conscious creator and ready to live your wildest dreams instead of just fantasizing about them or trying to manifest them, then listen on as I bring spiritual principles to life through grounded experiences and real life situations so you can be in a state of receiving and courageously manifest in and on purpose. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode where we're going to be talking about how to simplify manifesting by dialing up your creative flow. So in this episode I want to talk about the subject of creating versus manifesting because I don't know about you but for the longest time I would use those two words interchangeably but throughout my process and my journey and as I've refined my own manifesting framework I've seen a subtle difference between manifesting and creating. And that's what I want to unpack today. Because one is a very clinical way to approach manifesting. And it usually ends up with people trying to squeeze themselves into a particular school of thought, a manifesting method, uh, and really attempting to standardize a framework to manifest. And that often leads to unhealthy and unsustainable manifesting practices that deplete you, that suck the life out of you, that actually clog up your creative flow because things become a chore. It becomes like a chore. And think about how you feel at the thought of having to do chores. If you're anything like me, and and I'm thinking of cleaning the house, dusting, doing the laundry, like those are the chores for me in my head. You choose whatever you describe as chores. But if you're anything like me, you probably find chores boring. You hate doing them. You probably avoid them at all costs until you absolutely can't. And that usually leads to overwhelm because when you start looking at, oh my God, I've been avoiding this thing. Like I'm thinking about my laundry that's sitting there in a pile right now. And I know I need to do it and then I've been ignoring it because I hate doing it. I avoid doing it. And then when I'm seeing it pile up, it leads to that overwhelm and burying your head in the sand, hoping like a magical fairy or someone else will come and do it for you or you need to outsource it and pay someone to do it for you, right? That's kind of the energy of this standardized approach to manifesting. That's why it is so unsustainable for a lot of people and why it causes long-term harm, right? So that's like one approach to manifesting. But the other approach is more of a radical approach to manifesting. It's very unique. It's individualized. You may not find a lot of people talking about it because it's so specific to the individual. And this radicalized approach usually results in you stepping into your life's mission and unleashing the gifts and the talents that have been embedded within you, but lying dormant, just 
just waiting to be expressed. And when they do get expressed, that leads to you surpassing your own expectations of what's possible for you in your life and creating beyond what you even allowed yourself to dream was possible for you. All right. And I so wish that somebody had told me the difference between these two things years ago. So I could stop wasting time and getting sucked into this depleting vortex of trying to manifest and still not making much headway on my bigger vision. But alas, nobody did tell me. And so here I am today after years of experimenting, refining my process and gleaning all the wisdom from the things that failed and the things that actually worked really well. And I'm going to share this with you so you can save yourself some time, the energy and the grief of being depleted as you manifest your best life. I'm sharing this with the intention that when you really get your head around this, that you're going to start to feel energized with your own process and maybe even shock yourself with some of the dormant gifts that deep down, I bet you always knew you had, but you've likely always doubted or pass them off as silly thoughts or fantasies. All right. So if that sounds appealing to you, stick around and I'm going to be sharing with you five key things that I have learned from creating versus manifesting that are an absolute game changer and something that I invite you to definitely factor into your personal manifesting framework. Some of the questions that I've been pondering lately have been inspired by my recent channeled artwork. I create these pieces of art intuitively. I use my psychic gifts and the ability to channel energies and bring them into physical form, into visual form into artwork. And so as I have been creating a lot of these kind of pieces over the last couple of years, it sparked some questions in my head, which I'll go through with you in a little bit. But before I do, I just want to make one thing clear. The identity of being an intuitive artist, a psychic artist, uh, someone who creates healing artwork, for me, is a very recent thing. If you spoke to me this time only two years ago, I would have laughed at you if you described me as an intuitive artist or an artist of any description. I never imagined that I'd be describing myself as an artist only two years ago after having adopted the identity of the person who does not have a creative bone in her body and has trouble drawing stick men. Like literally since the age of 11, all my life, that is what I thought of myself. I thought I was more of a science person. I didn't really see myself as being a creative person or someone who's very artistic. So this new identity of being an intuitive artist is one of those embedded gifts that had been lying dormant that deep down I knew I had but then as a result of the conditioning the cultural imprinting something that one of my art teachers said once a very long time ago to me all of those things impacted and had me doubting the thing that I knew deep down I could do all right so as I'm talking about this 
just see what comes to mind, what springs to mind for you as I'm sharing this. Is there something that you know that you're capable of, but then you doubt yourself because someone said something to you or you started to pass it off as just a silly little thing, a silly fantasy that you have, right? Tune into whatever that is and keep that in mind as we move through what I'm going to be sharing today. My self-perception of who I was only two years ago, which isn't a long time in the grand scheme of things, is a far cry from who I'm becoming and I'm starting to own today. As I really step into the identity of a creator, the creator of my own reality, the creator of magical healing artwork, the creator of change on this planet, the creator of two amazing children, the creator of this amazing, beautiful family that I have created, right? Essentially, all coming under the umbrella of being the creator of my own reality. What does that even mean? So with that, I've been pondering questions like, who am I as a creator of my own reality? Where do we cap our ability to create? Is creation only for living our best life? Or is there more to it than that? For me personally, the journey to the sexy appeal of manifesting your dream life has been fun. And sure, I've absolutely tapped into the magic of the universe to manifest miracles and experiences that I can look back on with great fondness and even awe that I actually had a hand in intentionally creating that in my life. I have, I, I've done that. But at what point? Does that get boring and monotonous and unfulfilling? Where the yearning to create is no longer satiated by just living your best life as dictated by the success markers of society. So when you have a certain amount in the bank or when you get married or the kind of house you live in or the status in society that your career offers you or all the other, you know, standardized things that are the success markers as dictated by your community, maybe by your family, by society at large. What if there's more to the process of creating a new reality than what we've been led to believe in the self-development bubble? What if there are energies tapping us on the shoulder with excitement as these consciousnesses see that we have the exact equipment that they need to be made manifest into the world. And this is the way I like to think of all our desires, the things that we really wish to call into our lives. They're like little sparks of consciousness. Everything has a consciousness. And these are little sparks of consciousness that can see the potential that we have to bring them manifest into the world, right? These energies that themselves have a purpose in the elevation of consciousness on the planet at this time. These energies that have something big to contribute to the experience on planet Earth, to planet Earth, and to all its inhabitants, and everything that we're moving through currently, right? You can look around, just take a look around at everything that's happening in the world, and there's a lot, no matter what corner of the globe you're in, There's a lot. In the last few years especially, there's been a lot that we're moving through as a collective. 
And so what if these energies have something big to contribute to that? They've seen you, the individual, and they've seen that you have the exact equipment to help bring them manifest into the world so that they can fulfill whatever it is that they are here to fulfill. And those consciousnesses need a portal through which to be translated from the energetic form into their physical expression. And what if that portal is you? How much of your own creative expression do you limit to just within the confines of creating more money or creating your dreams and desires or creating your dream home or creating your dream travel situation or your dream spa day or whatever it is? Creating the ideal weight, the body image, your appearance, like whatever that may be for you. What other outlets of creativity are longing to be acknowledged by you so that these amazing consciousnesses that are waiting for that portal to come alive and fulfill their purpose and contribute to the revolution that's happening on planet earth right now what other outlets of creativity are available to you and what i know right now is that it's vital that we step into the true potential of our creative expression in all of its glorious forms. And by now, if you were wondering, like, what is the difference then between manifesting and creating? This is what I mean. The creative expression can happen through so many different outlets. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit. Whereas the manifesting kind of mindset is geared towards a clinical standardized way of doing things, right? That's what I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, where that way becomes very chore-like, like it becomes very clinical and it can be very easy to be disconnected from the actual intention when you're operating from this standardized model. You lose the magic, the joy, the charm and the pleasure of the creativity and the creative flows and the creative expression when you're operating from this model. So it's vital that we now start to step into and tap into the true potential of our creative expression in all of its glorious forms, whatever that outlet might look like for you, because that's going to be where it's different for every single individual. It's not going to look the same as everybody else, right? I talked about my expression of creativity and one of them being my artwork. My podcast is another expression of my creativity. My writing is another expression of my creativity. And I do like to dabble in gardening every now and then. And that's another expression of creativity that I have. So whatever that outlet might look like for you, you want to lean into that. And it may be the silly, mundane things that you do that you don't even bat an eyelid at because it comes so easily to you or it's just part of your everyday life. For some, it might be the joy of cooking a nice meal. Maybe it's baking or decorating a cake. Maybe it's sewing an outfit or it's singing for you. Maybe like me, it's gardening or writing or dancing. The list is endless. Like it could literally be any activity that just brings you joy. Activities that you do mostly because they bring you joy and for no real other reason. Like the primary reason is that they bring you joy. 
And often these things are the kind of things you take for granted. So I invite you to explore this with fresh eyes in your own life. All right. And I'm going to illustrate this with an example. But as I go through an example in my own life, I invite you to look at what that might be for you. So for me, it started out as little doodles I would absentmindedly do when I was a little girl. You know, anytime I was on the phone or the teacher was talking and I was getting bored in a lesson, I would do these little doodles of eyes, of henna patterns, or I would draw these different shapes and try to sketch them so that they looked three-dimensional. And, you know, it was nothing major, nothing to write home about, but it was simple, mindless little doodles that I would do. And it was almost an unconscious thing that I would be doing them. Like I didn't even really have control. My body would just do it, okay? But one day at the tender age of about 10 or 11, during an arts class at school, my teacher came over to a piece of work that I was working on that I was actually really proud of. I'd spent so much time doing it and I was deep down feeling, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe this. And I was actually excited as I saw her walk over to me thinking, that I was going to be praised because I'd done this amazing piece of work. And as she looked at my work, she said to me, Ras, I think you should stick to your strengths and focus on science because art clearly isn't your thing. And in that one moment, I felt overwhelmed with shame. I mean, I'd actually dared to think that my work was worthy of her praise up until that moment. How did I have the audacity to think it was good? I felt so embarrassed and disappointed because I'd worked so hard and I actually genuinely thought the work that I'd produced was good, but I didn't get the praise that I saw my other classmates getting from the teacher. And in that snap of a moment, I decided, uh, okay, I'm definitely not an artist then. I wasn't creative like my friends. I wasn't artistic like them. I wasn't good at art. I had to stick to my lane and just do science because I was good at that. Facts and science. In that moment, that's what I decided was true. And so from that time on, I proudly stepped into this identity and claimed this identity of someone who didn't have an artistic or creative bone in her body. I would proudly declare I have trouble drawing stick men. And that became my identity. All right. I would bake cakes and decorate them for friends. And it's so funny because on my Facebook, I put up these pictures of parties and cakes that I've done for family functions and everything. And even though I had such amazing feedback from members of my Facebook community and uh, family members and friends about how amazing these cakes were, I still didn't see myself as being creative. I just like my brain just wouldn't connect the things together. It just wasn't seeing my self-perception was so clouded in that moment or during that phase of my journey that I simply couldn't see what was right in front of me. I would write and tell stories that had people enthralled. They wanted to know more and more and still I would operate from this belief that I wasn't creative, right? Because of what I had defined as being creative, what I made it mean to be artistic or be creative. 
And as I share this with you, think about what's coming up for you. Think about any times in your life where you've had similar experiences or your version of what was happening and what I'm describing here. All right. For me, I continued my mindless doodles and sketches, still not believing they were any good because, you know, I was more of a scientist and I wasn't an artist because it's a binary thing, right? You can only be one or the other. Absolutely not. And I say this with my voice dripping with sarcasm. I hope you can get that. But deep down, even though I would tell myself that you can only be one or the other and that I clearly wasn't an artist and I wasn't creative, but deep, 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 deep down, I always knew somehow that I could do psychic sketches. And I don't know if you've ever watched those missing person cases on TV, you know, those documentaries about cold cases where they invite psychics to come in and these psychics start doing these psychic sketches and things like that. I would watch those programs and think deep down, I would never say it out loud or share this with anyone that I know I can do that. I don't know how I know. I know I can, but my brain would still be in that self-concept of I'm not an artistic person. I don't have an artistic bone in my body. So there was like this mishmash of energies going on where there was one part of me that was so super aware and attuned to that dormant gift that I've always had. And then there was my brain who was like, no, I haven't seen any evidence of it. And so it clearly must not be true. Plus your art teacher, who is an expert, has told you otherwise. So that must be true. And so I pay other people to sketch my guides and angels. And when I'd see that artwork, I'd have this deep sense of knowing that I could totally do this but I just didn't trust myself. I doubted my ability to do this. And my mind would bring me back to the identity that I'd claimed as the person who couldn't even draw a stick man. And then one day, it changed. One day, when the urge to create got bigger than just to manifest my best life, when I was no longer satisfied or fulfilled with manifesting, When I started to question, there's got to be more to manifesting than just living your best life. And I started to experiment. I was nervous for sure. My brain kept throwing up thoughts like, what if what I create is rubbish and no one likes it? Who am I to think I'm an artist? I've got no formal training. I've never taken an art class since I was at school. And even back then, I dropped art the second I was allowed because I'm not an artist, right? I would have thoughts like, what if people think my art is like a child's drawing and they laugh at my pathetic attempts? So many thoughts, right? And to be honest, I still have those thoughts come up even now, even after I've evolved with my art and I'm still evolving. And if you're curious to see the evolution of my creative expression through my intuitive art, as I went from the person who claimed not to have a creative bone in her body to an intuitive artist who channels powerful healing work and now owns her psychic art skills, just go check out my grid on my Instagram. You'll see the evolution of my art. I'll link the profile in my show notes if anyone's curious and wants to look at that. But my brain, even now, even though I've done some of my best work, I still have these kind of thoughts being thrown up, all right? What's changed and what allowed my transformation is that I listen to my brain now. 
I acknowledge the thoughts. I name the emotions that were tethered to those thoughts. And during this process of when I began to actually lean in and listen to my brain and not just do the band-aid therapy of mindset work, but actually listen to what my brain was saying because of the evidence it had collected throughout my life. And I started to do the deep inner work, not the surface level stuff with just the mindset things, but acknowledging the thoughts, checking in on the emotions, regulating my emotions, regulating my nervous system, all the stuff that I now teach my clients how to do and the stuff that we're moving through currently in my Translate community, all of these things. Once I started to do that, My once mindless doodles turned into full-blown psychic sketches and intuitive abstract art that people started to ask me to buy. I had no intention of that ever happening. Like I never created my art to sell it. And yet I had people begging me to do commissions for them. I had people saying, Ras, sell this work. Please sell it to me. I will pay you for this, right? Something again that I had never even allowed myself to envision for myself at one point in my life. That not only would I be creating art, that people would be begging to pay me for my art, right? So this is what I mean about creating beyond what you even allowed yourself to imagine for yourself. I started to draw sketches of my guides, of my clients' guides, of random people's guides that would come to me as I was channeling. I started to sketch pictures of loved ones. I started to sketch pictures of the essence of someone's soul. I created artwork of the energies and the intentions that people wished to call into their space. The energy of love, of abundance, of healing, of safety, like so many things. I'd finally opened the floodgates to my creative expression. Mine. It's individual, unique to me. Not trying to say that nobody else can do this, but nobody else can do this in the way that I can. Nobody else has that blend of experiences, that blend of gifts, that blend of talent as I do. They may be doing the same thing, but it's going to be very unique to them. I discovered these new skills that I never had through all of this work. And it gets even better. My art connected me with some of the most magical souls on this planet. It allowed me to express my love and gratitude for the people that I've been blessed with on my path. And in turn, it helped those people to feel seen to feel recognized, to feel loved and uplifted. It was like this ripple effect, this tidal wave of beautiful love, all rippling out from me, changing my self-concept from the person who had trouble drawing stick men, to really experimenting with what my true gifts and talents were. And all this came from starting to explore and unpack the difference between manifesting and creating. Can you see that subtle difference between the two things? Yes, there is a subtle difference between the two things. And it's not 
easy for me to verbalize what that difference is, but I'm hoping that you can sense the energy and perceive the energy of that difference. It's very subtle. It's more of an energetic thing than an actual vocabulary thing. Like I cannot verbalize what it is, but I do have something that I'd like to share before I wrap up around what I've learned from creating my artwork, which applies to manifesting too. So it's like this beautiful middle ground where creativity marries manifesting and you get this beautiful energy with which to create from. And that's really going to boost and catalyze and electrify your ability to manifest the desires that you keep saying that you want. Right. So before I wrap up, I'd love to share that with you. There's five things that I've learned. Here we go. Number one is you have to be deeply connected to your vision. Like, see your vision. Really see it. Really study it. Notice all the flaws, the imperfections, the unique landscape of the vision through a lens that nobody else has. Nobody else on this planet has the lens through which you can see. Your blend of experiences, your blend of gifts and talents and all the magic, your unique brand of magic. Nobody else on this planet has that. Trust it. Trust your perception. Okay. Number two, and this is one of the most simple, but the most important. Just start. It doesn't matter if you don't know how to do it all. Start with the first stroke, the first step. And keep doing the next one and then the next one and then the next one. Because before long, it's going to shape up into something and the vision will literally create itself as you start to connect and partner with unseen forces to bring something in energetic and thought form into something physical. All right, it's the same when you are painting or being creative with expressing your creativity as it is with manifesting, all right? And then number three is be okay with totally messing it up. Experiment, try different techniques. This applies to creating and for manifesting, okay? You've got to be willing to experiment. You've got to be willing to try different techniques. Keep a track of what works and what doesn't. Right. This is something what I coin the term refining your manifesting framework, refining your process, something that we dive very deep into over on Translate, where not only do you get to create your manifesting framework, you get to evaluate it. You get to do your research and development. You get to evolve it because as you evolve, so are your desires. As you evolve, so are the possibilities that are accessible to you. All right, so this is going to be an ongoing process and all you're doing is you get to deepen this work as you start evolving and your desires are going to start getting bigger and bigger and it's not because you're being greedy, it's not because you're not satisfied, it's because you're now stepping into the energy of possibility. Now you've seen what's possible and you've created that and you've gathered evidence Now it's time to refine your manifesting framework for the bigger, better things that are now available for you that weren't available before. All right. 
So this is something really deep that we talk a lot about on Translate. So if that sounds appealing to you, then join us on Translate. I will pop the link in the show notes below because this is where we really deepen all of these five points that I'm going through with you. Okay. Currently, it's the only space that I do it. And that is changing because I've got something coming up in this pipeline. But at the time of this recording, it is the only place that I will work with people to do all of this and to not only create your manifesting framework, but also evaluate it. Also learn what to look out for in your refinement process. All right. So be totally okay with messing it up. Don't worry about getting it perfect. When you're using different tools, notice what techniques or tools come easily and naturally to you. What do you vibe with more? Even when others are saying, oh my God, that, that technique, oh my God, it's so hard, it's so long, it just, it's so tedious, but it may actually be really easy for you and come naturally for you. So notice how you feel when you're using those tools and techniques. And make note of that, right? Don't worry about getting it perfect. Think of it as a trial run. It's always an experiment. You're always in experiment. So allow yourself the space for making, quote unquote, mistakes. And then assess your process and make any necessary adjustments. And that's how you get to refine it in a nutshell, all right? Point number four. Don't try to copy another person's process, right? This is a really big one. And I'm not saying that you can't take any inspiration from them. Absolutely take inspiration from them and then be open to learning the technical and structural things from someone who's had the benefit of the training and the experience of actually creating in that way for a while. But don't mimic their work or their way of doing it. And I'll tell you why. Because you'll only dilute your natural talents. And you're going to run out of juice. So if you don't have someone to mimic or to copy from, you're always going to be waiting for them to come up with the next idea or the next thing before you can do anything else. And once again, this applies to both manifesting and creating, right? When I'm looking at artwork, and I'm looking at other artists, I'm being inspired, but I'm not trying to copy their style. I have my own unique style, but I will use other people's. I look at their colors. I look at the blend of colors that they're using. I look at their compositions, but I don't copy. I use that as inspiration, and then I create my own style around it, right? And it's the same exact thing in your manifesting framework. It's no different, guys. Honestly, your manifesting framework is a piece of art and there is an art to creating it. And that's what I teach. I'm going to keep saying it because that's literally what we are doing on Translate is I'm teaching you the art of it. All right. Moving on to point number five, the final point. And this is something that comes up time and time again. And I'm just going to say it. People will judge and criticize you. Do not personalize it. It's gonna happen, okay? The way that you work around people judging you and criticizing you is not by silencing yourself, not by diminishing yourself, 
not by hiding your gifts and your talents away from everyone, staying in your spiritual closet or not sharing your artwork with the world or not sharing your beautiful cakes with the world and not owning that creative expression. It's not that. But instead, here's what to do. Set boundaries. Qualify what constructive criticism is because you're going to find that when you're doing this and you're out loud and proud showing your work or owning your work and expressing your creativity, you can bet your bottom dollar that someone and their dog's going to have an opinion about it. All right. So you've got to qualify in your own mind what constructive criticism is and what you are willing to accept. And then once you have arrived at whatever awareness that brings for you, then vocalize your boundaries. All right. If someone is giving you constructive criticism, they're usually going to have some suggestions on how to improve things. And notice I said suggestions, not impositions or projections. All right. So when I create my art and I share it with people, I have some people in my world who will be like, well, that's no good. And that doesn't look like that person. And that eye is off. And that's like this. And it's just criticism, criticism, criticism. And then I have the others who will say, yeah, this, that, that tooth looks a bit odd. Maybe it's that shape. It's not quite right. Maybe it needs some shading here. Maybe this needs changing over there. And they'll come up with some form of suggestion to improve things. All right. They're not just criticizing your work. Okay. If you find that they are just criticizing you, and again, this applies in your manifesting framework and in any creative outlet that you have, check that those people are even doing the thing themselves. Are they doing psychic sketches? Are they creating intuitive art and bringing energies into the form of visual concepts and compositions on paper, right? If that's your jam, all right? Or if it's gardening, are they gardening? If it's dancing, do they dance, right? Are they even doing the thing themselves? Because if they have no experience of it, or they're not implementing their own advice in their life with any form of or degree of success, ignore them and move on, right? Those are the noisemakers. You don't need to pay attention to them. And that's where you start looking at having powerful conversations and setting your boundaries. What's acceptable, what's not, being vocal about it. But before you even start to do that, it's more of an energy than what you say to the other people. Because if you just go ahead and say, I'm not accepting any criticism, that's not going to stop people from criticizing your work. Right? But the energy you hold If you are in the correct energy and you know and you're grounded and anchored in it yourself, you won't even have to tell people. You'll just naturally attract the people who offer you the criticism that you are willing to take. That's actually going to help you. That's actually going to contribute something to you rather than knock your confidence, make you doubt yourself, right? So that's the difference between creating and manifesting. Manifesting tends to be more clinical. It tends to leave you feeling depleted, feeling like it's a chore, 
Whereas when you're expressing your creativity, I mean, just even saying those words out loud, can you perceive the energy? When you're expressing your creativity, that just sounds more fun, right? And it sounds more interesting. It sounds more like, oh, I'd like to be there doing that, right? That's the energy from which I invite you to operate when you are manifesting your best life, okay? So if you'd like to deepen your connection to your inner creator energy, come and join us on Translate. At the time of this recording, it's the only space where I guide you into finding your unique brand of magic and connecting with your individual creative flow. That's it for now. Until next time, happy creating.